Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Podcast. Opening new worlds from fiction to poetry. Four girls, all the books. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. And I'm Meredith. How are you guys today? Good. Yeah, doing really good. How are you? I'm great. It's almost summer. Almost time for visits from some of my favorite bookworms. I'm so excited about this. Are we already (laughs) going to talk about this? Um, yeah, because I'm so excited that you're coming to visit. Yes. Our real life book club is doing our 10 year reunion in like two weeks. Yep. Actually, when this airs, one week. One One week. week. Yes. It's true. 10 years. It's going to be great. It's amazing. Yeah. So So I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited because I'm going to San Diego the week before that. So that's going to be really fun. I'm doing that for work, but it's been like forever since I've been to San Diego. And I'm just, oh, and yesterday I finally got to go to the little store of stories, the little bookstore of stories, which is like a a semi-famous Atlanta bookstore. It's mostly a children's bookstore, but they've got like a pretty good um, adult and YA section. And they're sort of famous for, like, their book clerk sort of knowing everything and being able to give you some good recommendations. So I finally went yesterday and totally lived up to the reputation, got a great book rec that I can't wait to share with you guys. Oh, nice. (laughs) Nice. That's always exciting to find new bookstores in your area. So yeah. I'm I'm doing well. I don't think I have anything bookish to talk about, but my husband just started a new job, so yay. Yay. <laughs> yay. Congrats. Yeah, so that's like <laughs> the big thing in my life right now. <laughs> well, you also are getting visited by bookworms, so you know, I am. I'm all the excitement inundated. <laughs> you are. We're we are we're coming to nest at Meredith's place is what's happening. Which is gonna um. be awesome. <laughs> So, um, we know what we're doing. We know what we're exciting about. We don't have much bookworm news, but I know we're all still reading stuff because we are who we are. So, <laughs> let me ask you, uh, Jeanette, what are you reading right now? Okay. It's a slow month for me, guys. I promise. Um, <laughs> right Do we now, believe that? I don't know. Yes. I mean, I can see the doc where you wrote everything down, so I just feel like that's a lie. <laughs> I No, I'm not reading. Normally, I've got like five billion things, but I didn't finish much in um, I didn't finish much in May. So right now I'm working on Magic Hours by Tom Bissell. It's a book of essays on creators and creating. Um, and, you know, as an all essay collections. Some are more relevant to me than others, but it reminds me of how much I enjoy writing. So I'm hoping I'll come out of this inspired. I read Um, that one. I've read that. I read that a few years back. It's really good. Oh, good. Good. That's good to hear that. I'm not quite finished. So I've got a few essays left. I've enjoyed a lot of the ones that I've read, though. Um, I've all I'm also reading A Thousand Pieces of You by Claudia Gray. It's kind of like dark matter in that it's about jumping between alternate dimensions and Mm. I always like stuff like that but we only read dark matter like a year year and a half ago and I'm worried that that's going to make me automatically compare the two books and then ruin my enjoyment so I'm trying to take it slowly and pretend that I haven't just read this other book on a very similar plot Um, (laughs) uh, yeah that can be tough yeah um but I'm also reading – I finished my Potter audio reread, so now I'm going back to the Anne series, and I'm doing Anne of Windy Poplars on audio now. And that's kind of lovely. Yeah. It like, makes me happy yeah, when I'm driving in my car. So see, only three things. <laughs> I mean, and for Jeanette, that's like – very very low <laughs> it is it is i guess that's true i mean i have three things on my list and if i have no I'm kidding <laughs> kidding what about you Everyone's Mary? what are you reading right uh so let's see i i'm currently in the middle of the stone sky by nk jemison so that is the third and final book in the trilogy 
and things are getting pretty serious. I mean, really, the whole the whole books, well, the whole book series has been serious. Um, <laughs> but it's it's definitely interesting. This whole world that she's built is just so interesting. So we'll see how that all gets tied up in the end or not, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, and then I also just started Persuasion by Jane Austen on audiobook. So uh, that's always nice. That is actually, I think it's my second favorite Jane Austen behind Pride and Prejudice. So it'll be nice to revisit that in a different format. And then mm-hmm. I just want to give out a shout out to a few books I've finished recently. Uh, I read Rain and Delilah's Midnight Matinee by Jeff Zentner. And it was so much fun, guys. It was so good. Uh, He's been on my radar for a while, but I know the first two books he put out apparently are, like, totally heartbreaking and, like, you just sit there like a sobbing mess. And (laughs) I don't always like that, you know? I have to be in the mood to really want to cry. And so when his third book came out and I heard that it was more on the funny, touching side, I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And it was great. You follow these two girls. They're, uh, you know, like maybe a month or two away from graduating high school. But they have this, um, like, horror show that they broadcast on public access um, where they, like, go back to all of, like, the B-movies from, you know, decades past. And and then, like, one of the girls is still coming to, to terms with her father who left. And the other one is trying to figure out what she's doing with her life after high school and it was just really funny and touching and so if you're looking for like a fun contemporary YA I would give that one a shot and another really fun one that I listened to on audiobook actually is The Disasters by M.K. England which is I guess like she she talks about it as I guess it's like soft sci-fi it's not like super into the science side of things but it does take place in space and in it's space. Uh, it is. It does. <laughs> and it's it was so funny. I was laughing a lot while I was listening to it. Um, it's just like a fun space romp, and the 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 cast of characters is super diverse. And um, the the author M. K. England is non-binary and also um, like labels labels herself as queer. So if you're looking for like a good uh, Pride Month read, I would give that one a shot. And also, like, a random thing that I just finally listened to on audiobook was The Lightning Thief, which is the first in the Percy Jackson series. Um, I was talking to some people on Bookstagram about, like, mythology stuff, and I just, you know, someone was talking about The Lightning Thief, and I was like, you know what? Those obviously came out well after we were in the middle grade age. Yeah. So I, you know, I just never read it, and it was a really quick read on audio, so it was really fun. I don't know if I'll continue the series just because, I mean, it is. It's written for kids, and it is fun. We'll see. But, you know, if you're looking for a quick, fun audiobook, give that a shot. Yeah, I I never um, read the Percy Jackson series. A friend of mine from work loves them, and she is um, kind of exactly the right age, I think, to have, like, grown up reading them, and she's still – it's kind of how we all feel about, you know, J.K. J.K. Rowling, she puts out more yeah. stuff, and we're like, yes, please give it to me. That's mm-hmm. how she feels about Rick Riordan. Um, so she, um, a couple years ago, she was lending me the books one at a time, and I actually found that I felt the same way as you did, Mare, about The Lightning Thief, but as I kept reading, it got much more interesting. Oh, and the okay. second series, there's a second series that has some of the same characters and some different, some new ones. And the second series is a little bit more, a little bit more grown up. So it's, it's kind of interesting what he does with it. So well, that actually, kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. We're sort of yeah. following kids around. It's very Harry Potter-esque from what I understand about it. And if you just read the first book of Harry Potter, you're probably like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, uh, that's a good, good look at it, Jeanette. And is it, is it Magnus Chase is the second series? No, the second called. the second series is called The Heroes of Olympus. And like oh. I said, it's got some of the Percy Jackson characters. I think it's got the three main characters from Percy Jackson. But it also introduces like a handful of new characters. And I haven't finished that one. I've only read a couple of books from that one. Okay. But, so yeah. someone was telling me about, I guess it's just a separate series where there it's like Annabeth's cousin or something. But 
he is somehow involved with like the Norse gods, so it's more like Viking mythology. Yeah, I think cool. I think there's like a, a few different series that dabble in different mythologies. So Vikings, cool. so hot right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'll do a shout out for a couple of the books that. I just stopped reading. Well, I, I finally finished The Stone Sky by N.K. Jemison, And I will not give away any spoilers because we don't do that. But, oh dear God. Um, I'll just put that to the side for now. Um, I also just read The Red Scrolls of Magic, which is the new Shadowhunter novel, um, which takes place sort of in the last half of the city books um, where, you know, when Alec and Magnus go and take a vacation, it's, it's, it's in there. It's that story. And the Red Scrolls of Magic books, um, the Elder Curses, that's what they're called. The Elder Curses, um, they're going to have huge time jumps in it. So the next one's going to be a few years from the first one. Um, I really liked it. It was great seeing Magnus and Alec in the forefront. And if you want to talk about an amazing Pride Month book, they're great, obviously. So it was just a really fun romp um, and added some really interesting things to the total mythology. Oh, Which, again, I won't spoil. But I really, <laughs> really liked it. It sounds good. I mean... Magnus, anything with Magnus is great. Right? I know. <laughs> I know. He's so amazing. Um, and it made me appreciate book Alec a lot more. I've always appreciated TV Alec because if you look at him, you appreciate him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but Fair book enough. Alec. Really appreciate him after this, after this one. Um, I'm currently reading, though, Sky Without Stars by Jessica Brody. Uh, Wicked Saints by Emily Duncan, and Mort by Robert Rapeno. And Mort is the book that I was recommended by the book clerks at uh, the, the new bo- bookstore I'm looking at. And it's so weird, you guys. It's so upper alley. It's so much upper alley. I may keep it for my book club pick and uh, do this later. But to give you like a quick quick premise uh it's so after the war with no name which is where essentially ants try to destroy the human race because they're a giant colony a cat assassin searches for his lost love in rapino's strange moving sci-fi epic that channels both homeward bound and a canticle for lebowitz Because, you know, you're always going to put those two things together. Why would you? Well, but this book does. I'm, <laughs> I've read just a few pages and I'm thrilled. Like, I am. It, isn't that a graphic novel? No. No. Okay. It, it, I will say the cover looks very graphic novel-esque. Okay. Because I've seen the cover. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's like a big, bright orange cat, but it's a novel. Oh, okay. Oh, you know what? Looking at this cover. Yeah. I've, I've heard of this. It's... It always sounded interesting. Yeah, I've definitely heard yeah. of it. Just for some reason in my mind, it was a graphic novel. And I was surprised you hadn't read it because I thought it was a graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read all the graphic novels, Meredith. Just Only 95% of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. And I may just make you all read it. It just might happen. So, spoiler. Oh, no. I know. Oh. We have to read How more dare books. I? Speaking of making everybody read stuff, um, <laughs> we've got an eclectic readathon coming up Yay! in two weeks. I know, I'm so excited. Uh, as a reminder, though, our eclectic readathon runs from June 28th at 8 p.m. to June 29th at 8 p.m. It is a great way to knock some books off your TBR, chat with other readers on our Goodreads page. We're very active on there. And maybe win some prizes. Uh, Go to our website for more information. Uh, It's all up on there. We can't wait to read with you. All right. Are we ready for our general book read? Our general (laughs) book talk? Sure. 
Yeah. As ready as I'll ever be. guess what this episode is, you guys? I mean, if you couldn't guess it from our amazing haiku earlier, Jeanette, you are a phenomenal human being. Thank you. Thank you. But if you couldn't guess it, this is officially our poetry episode. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Um, So I'm going to start off by asking just a very general question, which is... Uh, do you guys even like poetry? Because we all know my answer. But do you guys even like poetry? <laughs> um, I'm just here because I was told there'd be food. So, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, as longtime listeners know, I haven't much liked poetry in the past. And I don't know if it's not even that I don't like it because now that I think about it, I've read, you know, I read a book in verse like way back college or right past Pocus College. I read the Ellen Hopkins book in verse. Um, I think she's got a billion now, but at the time she only had like one. Um, But I just haven't been into it. In recent years, though, I've been dabbling here and there, and I've been finding it more enjoyable. So I've been so proud of you. Yeah, that's some growth. Like a mama bird. So I, I mean, I do enjoy poetry. I have to say that I haven't been reading it as much in my adult life as I did, you know, when we were studying it in school. Sure. But I really do enjoy poetry. I think it's a fun group activity. Uh, you know, I think you can definitely get poetry, like get something from poetry when you're reading by yourself. But, you know, poetry is meant to be read aloud and to be discussed and, you know, to see what what one line means to someone could be something different to another. And I just think that's a really cool thing with poetry. Yeah. Um, so I clearly love it and everything I want to say sort of falls into the next question. So I'll start there. Um, you know, I really believe that the way you are taught poetry in school can vastly change your opinion on poetry. Um, so what kind of experiences have you each had with poetry in school, um, good and bad? So for me, it's been a mixture of both. Um, I think, you know, as, as kids, we're all kind of indoctrinated with nursery rhymes, which, you know, I think is some type of poetry. And, and so I think that was really big to me as like a preschooler and a small child, uh, because the elementary school I went to in kindergarten, first grade, had this thing where you could submit your work to be, you know, published in their school journal. And so in kindergarten, first grade, both of my, my things were picked. So, you know, I, I, I was published at five, you know, what can I say? Um, but the overachiever, the, I know, I know. Um, the one that I did in kindergarten, obviously I can't remember exactly word for word what it was, but it, I feel like it kind of read like a poem. I was talking about a fairy that came and would turn me into a different object. And then after each object, I would say, but I am still me. So it'd be like the fairy turned me into a telephone, but I was still me. The fairy turned me into a pig, but I am still me. And so, like, I guess I was just a very existential five-year-old. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's Cute. kind of my, right? That's kind of my basis. But then fast forward to senior year AP English uh, in high school, and my teacher turned me so far off from poetry and English, I had actually decided that I was not going to major in English anymore when I started college. Because he killed it. He absolutely, like, just killed that drive in me. Um, the the last semester, our huge project was a poetry project. But what he did is he gave us, I don't know, it might have been, like, 30 different poems. And he was like, just read them all and study them and, like, you know, come up with your ideas of how to interpret them. And then I'm going to call each one of you out in class. You're going to pull one out of a hat and you have to give your talk on the spot. And so, you know, I mean, that's a lot of pressure anyway in trying to be prepared for that many different poems. But the real problem was people who were really doing their best and, you know, at least I think poetry can be a subjective type of thing. You know, everyone's going to get something different for a poem. He was going around telling people that what they thought of a poem was wrong and was failing people. And 
I just don't think that's right. Especially, I swear, I feel like everybody was getting the William Carlos Williams, this is just a say poem about um, where it's pretty much just like him going on saying that he ate your plums no, and they were delicious. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 t- I ate the plums from the icebox. They were so, you know, they, they were so, were so cold. cold so sweet, I love that poem. Right, I totally so, just like, butchered it, but I love it. But it's, it's something. <laughs> and like he was just telling people that their interpretation of it was wrong. And it just made me so angry. Uh, thankfully, I still had to take one English class uh, just in general, uh, the second semester of my freshman year of college, and then that kind of reinvigorated my love for English. And so then that was my second major. But, like, teachers can really change the course of how you feel about a subject. Yeah. We are so powerful. You are. You are. <laughs> now, my, my teacher in sixth grade sort of open my eyes about poetry so I have a very like artsy family my my aunt and my grandmother both paint uh, both did writing all that sort of stuff so um, they were always very encouraging about artistic outlets so I was one of those moody middle schoolers who was not talking to people and instead writing poetry in a notebook Uh, not good poetry and I will not share any of it Uh, (laughs) Uh, I did that all the way through high school, but in seventh grade, I think it was, we had to actually write poetry for class. Me and one other girl were published in some sort of national book thing. I, I, I still don't really know what it was. I think I have a copy, or my parents might have a copy somewhere. I don't remember. I don't even remember what the poem was anymore, uh, but... That sort of made me feel like, oh, I could write if I wanted to, which was such a lie. So cute. But uh, you can but write, feel Tara. That way. You uh, can. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then fast forward to high school. We did a little bit of poetry, but not a ton. Most of my poetry came from Shakespeare in high school. Mm, interesting. You know, more classical forms. Uh, more Yeats, more Shakespeare, that sort of thing. Not a lot of the poetry we'll be talking about later. And then we get to college. And I think my love for poetry really blossomed in college in part because of the people who are in my classes. Uh, Meredith, Jeanette, you guys included. But poetry is meant to be spoken. Mm -hmm. You know, it's meant to be heard. And we did this thing, uh, and we would read aloud the poetry. We'd, like, read the poetry individually, uh, do some individual interpretation, and then before class, get together, read the poem out loud, and then uh, do an additional analysis with each other before we ever went in class. Because that's how we were. (laughs) Yeah, because we're insane. But honestly, I loved that. We got so so much out of it. I mean, that's the thing. Poetry is is like a a communal thing. Mm -hmm. And being able to share my thoughts ahead of time and just like hearing the words out loud by somebody else. um, Yeah, it was just wonderful. And I really adored our English teachers on top of that. Oh, my gosh. I never had a bad moment with poetry, but I know it's very common, very common. Yeah, we we did. We got really lucky with our poetry professor. She was our professor for a lot of our classes. But, I mean, guys, she was, like, friends with Allen Ginsberg, okay? So she knew she what got she was married. She got engaged at a party at one of Ginsberg's parties? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's crazy pants. Um, and she was taught by Bishop, isn't that right? Yeah, Bishop. Um, she, so she knew her stuff. Yeah. And she was just just so insightful i mean good grief like i'm still friends with her on facebook she's just a cool person (laughs) (laughs) what about you jeanette what are your what are your stories well i didn't do a whole lot of poetry in high school so most of my school studying poetry happened in one particular class and that was in sixth grade and we studied all the different types of poems, we, you know, haiku and sonnet and all the rest. And we 
had to study them, read examples, and, you know, we'd read them and talk about them in class, but then we had to write our own. And the project, the final project, was to create this book of poetry. And I did well on pretty much every single type of poetry except one, and I can't remember which one it even is now. It's been so many years. But I remember thinking, like, okay, all of these other forms had very specific rules for me to follow and the one the rules for like this particular form of poetry was not the the rules were not as specific and I remember panicking I'm like I am out of ideas I have used them all on my other poems I don't even know what to put in here at least with the others I had rules and structure I could not think of anything anymore to put in this poem like I was burnt out and I remember that my my mom comes to me and says, like, well, just, like, finish it. And I was like, I can't. I don't know what to write. And she says to me, well, write about me. I'm like, well, what am I going to write about you? Like, and she says, well, uh, she says, my mother is an alien. There. That's your first line. And I was like, can I work with that? And I was, like, <laughs> thinking about that. I was like, I can. Like, I can actually make this into a poem. And I did. And it would, like, th- it ended up being three verses long. It was called My Mother is an Alien, illustration to match of my mother as an alien. (laughs) Excellent. Um, Yeah, and it was just, it was super, super delightful. Um, It ended up being one of my favorite poems in the entire book. It's the only one I remember writing now. And later that summer, you know, my mom was like, oh, you should share this. So I shared the the poems with my cousins because we were visiting my family in Ecuador, and they were like, oh, you're such a good writer. You should write poems and songs and things like that. And that's when I was like, I could do that. So, you know, for a long, long time, I wrote poems and I wrote songs. Not, again, like Tara, not planning on sharing any of those with anyone ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe when I'm very, very famous and dead. I Um, I was going to say, like, if I get famous for something and, like, I'm 80, maybe, you know, be a part of my autobiography. Yes. But, you know, it was it was fun. It's just I wasn't super I wasn't super into it until recent years. In recent okay. years, I've been more like, OK, I, I, I see you poetry. I know what you're doing here. I see you. Hey, you over there. Hot stuff. <laughs> oh, let's not get carried away. We're still just <laughs> making eye contact. All right. All right. Well, speaking <laughs> of making eye contact with poems. I'm assuming you at least have some favorites. Um, I know Meredith and I probably have a lot of overlapping favorites. But, exactly. Uh, what are some of your favorite poets, poems? Um, I know that, you know, this is extremely hashtag basic poetry. Uh, but obviously I, I adore T.S. Eliot. Um, adore the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. Uh, it's just amazing. I even I, did a uh, what? What? Is it? I even did like a uh, what's it called when you copy a poem style but you change it up? Oh, hmm. I don't know what the term is, but yeah, <laughs> it, it will come to me. But I did one called the. I wrote uh, the dirge of uh, P. Michael Par- uh, P. Michael Parker about Spider Man. Um, with the exact same themes of the love song of J. Open Up Proof Rock, only like a little bit different, um, and about being like stuck between pages instead of mermaids. Anyway, I thought it was super clever. I did it for college. It's probably actually pretty bad. But um, (laughs) anyway, I love the poem. I think it's so, just so rich and good. It's his first poem, and darn him. Or it's his first published poem, at least. It's just, uh, yeah. It's so good. There's just all these little little lines. And, and just to be totally on theme today, I was telling the girls earlier, the mug I'm using right now is my T.S. Eliot mug. And it says, I have measured out my life with coffee spoons, which is from Proofrock. I should yep. have used that mug today. I did not. Because I also have, have that, that mug. mug. Yeah. Uh, I what? associate that with coffee. And I wasn't drinking coffee this morning. That's yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, and one of my do I dare favorite... disturb the universe? Exactly. Do I eat this, this peach? Mm-hmm. It's just so, 
just, <laughs> oh, so good. Like a body, uh, what is it, like a body euthanized upon a table? Like It's just, it's not euthanized, it's something else. I don't have it in front of me. I love, I just love that poem mm-hmm. so much. All right, but other poems, guys, what do you think? So, again, I mean, I I guess maybe because what we studied is more of the, the old school stuff, but W.B. Yeats was amazing. I really liked the second coming, just the, the last couple of lines. And what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. I just love the imagery. Um, and that one was kind of based off of World War One. I. I think it was written in 1919. So mm-hmm. kind of in the midst of all of that. And I only know that because I was rereading stuff last night. I just, I don't have that information <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, and Elizabeth Bishop, uh, she she just writes these amazing, uh, just poetry with this amazing imagery that has to do with kind of nature and animals. And one of my favorite of hers is the fish. And I think, I, yeah, I definitely wrote a paper on that in one of my classes it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful poem. Um, Margaret Atwood is a really freaking good poet. I mean, I guess that shouldn't be oh, yeah. too much of a surprise since she's a great writer. But, like, seriously, if you haven't read any of her poetry, you should definitely look it up. Um, I did a paper on her snake poems, which are really interesting. Uh, so I read them in her Selected Poems Volume 2. But it says in there that they are from Interlunar, which I'm assuming is another uh, grouping of her poems and someone new because you know I'm trying to branch out some Elizabeth <laughs> Acevedo is a slam poet in our the local DSC area and um, she just had I guess it was last year she wrote her first YA book called The Poet X and it's in verse and it was very powerful I definitely want to listen to the audiobook sometime because I'm sure she does an amazing job with it I did listen to the audiobook of that one. And oh, it, okay. The, yeah, there are some great lines that hit me really, really hard. Which may, actually, it's funny because it made me want to get the Kindle version so I could highlight those lines. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, isn't that so, funny? <laughs> yeah, but it, it was interesting. It, it um, she does read it herself, and you really get more of the experience of what the poems I- are supposed to be sound. What the poems are supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. I'm so interested by all the slam poetry, button poetry people. Every time one comes up, I, I watch it. And I'm always really impressed by the feeling they're able, these kids. I mean, I feel like I haven't seen anything of anybody over the age of 22 have really, are, are really able to emote uh, from these words, from their performance. It, it's, it's very moving stuff. And, quintessential poetry must be heard really mm-hmm. yeah definitely I believe Acevedo is in her 30s now um but she was at the National Book Festival last year I, I had seen some videos of her on uh, Instagram I think but like to actually hear her live perform was really really amazing what about you Jeanette any favorites um I can't say that I have favorites because I don't think I've read enough poetry to have favorites um, but I credit Ariel Francisco who wrote All My Heroes Are Broke with finally getting me to kind of enjoy poetry and kind of go back to it more and more um, a lot of his poems um, a lot of them really hit me in diff- different ways and and he actually references other poets in some of his works and now I'm like I should go back and read those poets because of course they're like you know poets that everybody knows but I don't know Mm -hmm. and I'm like I should read those and because everybody probably gets the reference here and I don't and I I could get a deeper understanding um so that was pretty cool um and I also really enjoyed Jason Reynolds' is, um, Long Way Down, which is a book in verse. And we know I love Jason Reynolds. But that was a very cool um, – it was a look at um, kind of this kid facing 
his brother's death due to gun violence and thinking about and making decisions. And the whole book takes place in this elevator ride and it's all in verse. And it was just really, really fascinating, impactful. That sounds really cool. Yeah, that one does sound interesting. Yeah. And I would also say, you know, even though I've been kind of like slowly warming up to poetry in reference to what you were talking about, like slam poets and everything, um, Tara, I have been impressed at my school. Um, One of the English teachers, she runs this coffee house for the kids and some of my students have been doing it and I've gone and you are like... I am amazed and impressed with the talent that some of these poems, uh, these poets, I should say, these poets have. Uh, They're so, so emotional. They're so powerful. I'm just blown away by them. So, I mean, kids, yeah, kids are, you know, kids are creative. Kids are crazy cool. They are, definitely. And this is why you're a teacher, love. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they are. They are. But, you know, I can hear it in your voice how much you love it. It's true. Um, I I would be remiss to let this section end without talking about my absolute favorite. I know. I was waiting for you. Come on. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And that is D.H. Lawrence's Meddlers and Sorbapples. Not a crazy famous poem. A crazy famous person. You probably know D.H. Lawrence uh, from his work, Sons and Lovers, that sort of stuff. He did really hefty novels. Uh, but he's a phenomenal poet. And Meddlers and Sorbubbles is one of his harder-to-find ones. Um, of course, the internet has everything, so not that hard. But um, it's all about the gorgeousness of decay and fall and and the time of things ending. And it's just so rich. It starts with, I love you, rotten, delicious rottenness. And I just love it so much. More <laughs> people should read this poem. It is. It's really good. The imagery so in it is super interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I, I, that's all I really needed to say. <laughs> You just needed to get that out. That's I just cool. really needed to get that out, you guys. All right. So we are going to continue our poetry talk, but we're going to focus it on A Thousand Mornings by Mary Oliver. And so a quick summary is, in A Thousand Mornings, Mary Oliver returns to the imagery that has come to define her life's work, transporting us to the marshland and coastline of her beloved home, Provincetown, Massachusetts. Whether studying the leaves of a tree or mourning her treasured dog, Percy, Oliver is open to the teachings contained in the smallness of moments and explores with startling clarity, humor, and kindness the mysteries of her daily experience. So, what is something that stuck out to you in this uh, book of poetry? I mean, for me, it's, I like, really, I really liked it. There was no poem that like sometimes there's there'll be poems that I'm like, okay, I just I didn't I didn't get that. I could read that thirty times and not like that or whatever. But I liked pretty much all the poems in this. Like some of them more than others, obviously. But I really had fun reading it. Nice, yeah. I. What I like most about this book is not the book. I really enjoy... So this book has a lot of... I'm not going to... You know, I'm going to... You know, and I'm actually... I'm going to call them common themes. Common themes that I think a lot of poetry talks about. That doesn't mean you shouldn't still talk about it. But like nature, the questioning of human existence, God, um, a lot of that's in here. And, And you could say like maybe those things have already been done before. But before she even starts the book, she has two quotes in here. Uh, I'm just going to read them. Uh, C.J. Young from the Red Book is the first one. It says, the life that I could still live, I should live. And the thoughts that I could still think, I should think. And then a second one from Bob Dylan, which is anything worth thinking about is worth singing about. And I'm pretty sure that's her telling the readers, the critics, whoever cares to listen uh, shut up. I can talk about whatever I want to. And, uh, you know, 
you don't you don't get to tell me what deserves to be poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since this is a return to some themes of her past. I'm sure she was prepared for that. Like, why is she going back to, you know what I mean? Right, um, exactly. People are like, you've already talked about this. Exactly. <laughs> um, so like, I, I really yeah. kind of, I, I love the shade, man. That's basically what it is. I love the shade. Yeah, her pretty much saying, I do what I want. There are no rules. <laughs> there are no rules. I do what I want. Which she literally in fact, says entire poem in a poem in here about I do no yeah. rules. What is it called? The three rules. Um... Three things to remember, which I actually enjoy. Right. Yeah, the that three one things great. to remember, which ends with sometimes there are no rules. Yes, I mean yeah. again, there's a lot of times in this book where she's pretty much directly, either through poetry or through those quotes, like directly talking to the audience, being like, "Just to remember, remind you, I know what you're thinking." Yeah, like I won the Pulitzer, I can do what I want. I can do what I want. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so were there any, I guess, poems then that stuck out to you or that you just really liked? I really like the poet compares human nature to the ocean from which we came. Mm. Um, and it's sort of uh, a poem about sort of doing what you want or being or, or having the ability to do anything I guess is really more accurate but there's a line in here that I just love so much and it's the sea can do craziness it can do smooth it can lie down like silk breathing mm, silk just, breathing silk yeah. breathing yes. I love 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 that imagery yeah there's a lot of like amazing imagery in these this collection i highlighted a lot <laughs> yeah there were there were <laughs> I think really we all great did. lines I, I, yeah i have notes on pretty much every page mm-hmm. you know i was just meh about a poem if if there was absolutely no notes on <laughs> yeah and and there definitely were a few kind of meh ones for me but for the most part i think yeah i was at least able to find a line in the poem yeah. that I liked. Yeah. Um, one that I really liked, you know, no surprise, out of the rot something. Cause it's about fall and there's like a snake in it. And I don't know what it is <laughs> about me and snakes and not like, I don't think I'm scared of snakes, but I don't particularly like them either. Um, but something about snakes and poems, man, I don't know. Uh, I think it was it was an interesting look. It didn't quite go as far as D.H. Lawrence's Meddler and Sorbapples with, like, the, the rottenness and the decay. But it does speak towards that. You know, it is – it's talking about uh, – I can't remember exactly how it goes. But pretty much, like, if you're looking for something pretty, don't come here during fall. Like, wait for the daffodils. Um, I think you're thinking of a different poem there. No, that's no, this part of poem. It's definitely in that. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. My brain. <laughs> Um, but then the one line, I guess, I think it's how it ends. It says, black snake gliding across the field you think you own. Long neck, long tail, tongue of fire, tongue on fire, heart of stone. Mm. Got the snake in there. <laughs> Definitely. So the one I thought was most like Meddlers and Sword Apples, or I, I should say had the most themes like Meddlers and Sword Apples, but I was like, not meddlers and sword apples and that makes me sad is lines written in the days of growing darkness oh okay mm-hmm. and that that is about fall but it's not as what's the word i'm looking for decadent it's not a decadent fall for her but you're right she says like this is the shambling wood right this is spring in the shambling wood don't come here looking for beautiful things spring here is muck and gross yeah, that's in the out of the rot something. <laughs> yeah, but it's spring versus versus fall. Is but that that's spring? funny that oh, her spring yeah. in I that spring, yeah, yeah, her that spring in that poem is very like almost more fall because <laughs> it is more that like. Uh, but I guess it's and... an interesting look at how spring rot. starts. Right. We, we think it of is. spring as being, oh, it's the time of rebirth and everything's coming alive, but it has to start somewhere and it starts with the rot. You know, you know, that's so funny. If you think about like all the things in her poems and about how uh, she's essentially there's a big theme about whether she's 
or a big question about whether she's an existentialist or an essentialist, mm. but um, how she's, you know, out of the rot something. Is that meant to be more, you know, what a great, you know, out of, it, it's very Phoenix-esque, oh, isn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the the, the end of, the of everything is the beginning of something, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is sort of a, it, it's more hopeful, even if the word choice isn't quite. You know, it's re- leads it's you realistic. There. You know, the, there yeah. is rot. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. stuff decaying from the dead leaves and everything under the snow and whatever, but something comes from it. Yeah. It, well, and I I think that might be why I enjoyed a lot of the poems in this collection is because a lot of them have that sense of hope at the end or optimism at the end. Like there's a lot of optimism in these poems, even, you know, when she's like, okay, there's no prettiness here, but then she ends with, you know, tongue on fire. So like there's power in that ending. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And I think she looks at things realistically. I think she is a person that spends a lot of time out in nature and is kind of surrounded by it. So it might not always be pretty, but it's real. And and I think I think there is hope in nature. Things are always changing. Things are always, you know, coming back. Um, like when, like she was talking about in Hurricane, which was an interesting one because she is talking about nature, but she's also, you can tell she's, she's, putting a spin on it with something that happened in her own life that was terrible. But she's talking about how the trees after getting hit by a hurricane started growing their leaves back and had all these buds on them in a completely wrong season, but they wouldn't be stopped, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, for some things there are, are no wrong seasons, which is what I dream of for me. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way. It's a, it's a great way to think about it. I mean, what is it? Oh, it's so super inappropriate now because you went sad. But um, Pocahontas. Um, Go on. The Disney movie. <laughs> We're uh, listening. No, but it's relevant. It's relevant. <laughs> I swear it is. Um, she says, you know, the thing I know about rivers is you can't step in the same river twice. Yes. Oh. Yes, I'm very familiar with that line. My yes. daughter and I sing it constantly. It made me, it made me, what we were all, what you guys were all saying, it really made me think of that. You know, like there is no s- single nature. And, and a lot of these poems, she's walking along the ocean or, you know, she's dealing with these images of nature and she's having these questions, but nature's just like, listen, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, nature is very, it, you know, it is constantly changing and there's, you know, death and rot and all of that, but it's also very cyclical. Yeah. So mm-hmm. out of that death, out of that rot, you know, we do generally see life bloom once again. Yeah. So I, I ended up, um, I, I, like I said, I wrote notes in almost every poem, but I put paper clips on my four favorites and there's not a ton of poems in here that are really about her where where she inserts herself Mm -hmm. in a really strong way like there's some poems where she's in it um like the the first poem i go down to the shore she's in it but it's not really i don't know there's there's not a ton it's more about her observation of nature right. than being yeah. about her. Right. Or her questions. Mm-hmm. But there's not a ton of her, her. Um, but I happen to realize that all four poems I I did pick up are poems that are more directly about her. Oh, interesting. I know. Hmm. I just real I literally just realized that as I sat here. Um I, I, like I said, I, I picked um, The Poet Compares Human Nature to Ocean for Which We Came, which has a bit about her. Um, if I Were, which is on page 11 of oh, my favorite number, for anybody who is paying, who is uh, following along, uh, is very much about her. And my favorite line in that one is, I'm spinning, no one can see it, but it is happening. Mm. And then ends mm-hmm. with, if I was a Sufi, for sure... I would be one of the spinning kind. Mm. 
And a Sufi, by the way, for those of you who don't know, and I didn't, so I had to look it up, uh, is an Arabic mystic. Um, but I, I love that poem. I just think it's like really fun. Um, but yeah, fun's the wrong word. I always find I'm saying the wrong words to describe a poem and how it means to me. Um, it's well, fun in comparison to the other poems, but it is not a fun poem. <laughs> Does that make more sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, again, if that's, if it's how you make it, the, the, if it's how it makes you feel, then it's not wrong. Poetry is meant to feel different to different people. Yeah. It makes me feel elated is how that mm. makes me feel. Okay. Like the idea that like, um, you know, people are dancing and spinning and people want to be dancing and spinning and they are, even if you can't see them, that's what they're doing. Like I just, there's something really beautiful. So, I agree know, with that. I found yeah. that pretty, I found it a pretty joyful poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you know what it kind of reminded me of though? Like saying, you know, People are spinning even if, even if you can't see them. It's like, well, if a tree falls in a wood, <laughs> does it still make a sound? Nobody's there. <laughs> yes. According to Mary Oliver, It does. Yes. It, in fact, does make a sound. It act, that's how physics works. It does. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, Mary Oliver says she's spinning even if no one can see it. So that's also how poetry works. Mm. Exactly. Um. And then another one, Green Green is My Sister's House. I don't love this poem as much, but I love this line. It's impossible not to remember wild and want it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, have, yes. I have felt that way. I've felt like I've looked at a wood and went, remember when I used to just play in the woods all day? Yep. Yes. Why can't I just go do that? I used to like wade through creeks and now yeah. I'm like, how did I ever do that? <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, how I would, when I was a kid, I would basically want to climb trees all the time. And mm -hmm. my daughter and I were having a conversation because she was asking if she could climb the tree in our yard, which is not really climbable, unfortunately. But she's like, I want to climb it. I want to go up there. And I was like, you know, I get where you're coming from, kid. But that's just not a climbable tree, but we should make this happen. Yes. Find like, a good climbing tree. Yeah. I was just like, oh, man, those days. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grew up in a time where parents really lit us just – we said we were staying in the block area. And we had woods behind our houses, and we just did what we wanted. Yeah. Sometimes oh, I just wish time. I could just run off into my backyard. Um, I'm never even go. behind my shed. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you want to go live in the woods? I, I don't. I just want to go play. <laughs> Can I play? I'd like Sometimes to stay, I do want to go. It, exactly. I'd like to stay in a really nice cabin in the woods <laughs> for a couple of days. Um. But I think that's the thing, too. I, you know, I feel like they've done studies and stuff about how humans need to be around nature, you know, a certain amount of time. And when we don't get that nature time in, it kind of messes with us. And when you live in a city, it's, it's difficult. So what you're trying to say is I should go out today and hike the trail out behind my house because there's an actual trail behind my house. <laughs> yeah. Do it. And then you and then you can write a poem about what you saw. Um, I probably could. I probably mm -hmm. would see Civil War battle uh battlefield signs because those are all over the trail. That's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. So are there any other poems you want to talk about in particular? Um, or any other themes? Well, my favorite poem was I happen to be standing, which is, I think, the second one in the collection. And it's, I loved it because it's like this, it captures like this moment that I have felt in the early morning, you know, when it, 
you know that early morning moment where you're nobody else is awake and it's just you and you're just kind of appreciating the day, appreciating the silence, appreciating everything around you. And I feel like that's what this poem captures. And then it and she's asking, you know, I don't know where prayers go or what they do. Do cats pray while they sleep half asleep in the sun? And she keeps going and then she ends with. But I thought of the wren singing. What could this be if it isn't a prayer? So I just listened, my pen in the air. And she describes this poem, this poem, this wren earlier in the poem as a wren in the privet began to sing. He was positively drenched in enthusiasm. I don't know why. And yet, why not? I'm like, Mm -hmm. I, I love those moments where you're like just appreciating everything around you. And, you know, you may understand it. You may not. It's just, it's there and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I take a lot of, I, I, some of the things that fascinate me about this is the structure upon which the book was actually put together. Because I, I would consider uh, that poem, uh, a lot of the first poems in this book, like the first few, as what I've been in my head calling keystone poems, poems that introduce certain themes and certain thoughts um, in a very like obvious and strong way. Things like, um, what else is that but a prayer? Uh, in the first poem, you know, going down the shore, she says, um, you know, I asked the, she essentially asked the ocean, you know, what should I do? And the sea says in this lovely voice, excuse me, I have work to do. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> Uh, but I I love what she what she's done by introducing these are sort of the more I'm going to use the word obvious but I, I I'd say the themes are much more clear in these first few poems and I feel like that's very purposeful because then as you go through the rest of the book you're really able to go oh yeah that reminded me of as I was mm-hmm. saying that reminded mm-hmm. me of you know when I go down to the shore you know um, I go down to the shore and tides I believe it's tides are like I like literally, I feel like um, mirror poems of each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, Tides is explaining all the work that oceans do do, <laughs> um, informing continents and all that stuff. I, I, it's just really interesting and smart how she put this book together. Um, and I do think there's a number of themes. You know, we've talked about nature. Nature's, I keep using the word obvious, but nature is one of them. Um, this whole questioning is one. Um, and I really think, you know, whether the world, I, I think she struggles, or at least I feel a struggle. Maybe this is just, again, my subjective take on it, um, between essentialism and existentialism and essentialism being, you know, and, and it's, this is not the full definition folks. This is just this, the, a very short one. Um, is the idea that everything has an essence Right, that that's something that makes it it. It's purposeful. There's a purpose for it, versus existentialism that says there is no essence, no intrinsic meaning that can be confirmed by the sensories, and essentially, it's pointless. Everything is pointless, and we're just shambling along. Um, and I feel a great push and pull between those two ideas in this book. What do yeah. you guys think about that? I agree. Um, I think it, it kind of, it seems to go back and forth, <laughs> which I guess, I mean, that's probably just real life. Some days we're feeling more existential than others. <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah. What about you, Nat? Um, I would agree. I think it leans, for me, it leaned more towards um, uh, um, essentialism. Mm-hmm. I, I really felt like she really did see essence everywhere, um, even when she was kind of questioning it. I think she felt it. And so, but that is something I kind of appreciated. That's something I enjoyed about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed mm-hmm. her kind of describing that, even when questioning it. I think so, yeah. After the poem Life Story, which we haven't talked about, and I don't think we even talked about it in the real life poem, but that is the poem where I went, I, I wrote right after it, 
on the blank page on the next side. Is Mary Oliver an existentialist or an essentialist? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> So that was the poem that really made you wonder. And I don't even know why. I should go back and figure out why. <laughs> like what in that poem? What in that, that poem question? made me feel that way? Um, but I kind of feel like that questioning of life and that 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 essential question of whether things are things have an essence or things don't have an essence or if there's a point or if there isn't a point, if the sea, if the sea itself is just this uncaring thing, or if it, the sea itself is, you know, a a mother or creator, you know, these sorts of questions. I think that's sort of the, the point of the book, or at least for me, that, that discussion, which I agree, Jeanette ends towards more essentialism than mm-hmm. existentialism as a whole in, in the book in total. But I think that discussion is, at least to me, like the main theme I got from this. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good way to end our talk on this book of poetry. So <laughs> overall, then, did you like it? I did. I did indeed. Yay, Jeanette liked the book of poetry. <laughs> I know, that's so I, exciting. I She's like just like, lots I of books did. <laughs> Strong I, I, feelings. Yes. <laughs> I did. I think we didn't talk about some of our dislikes in here. Um, I, I, I do think there were some odd things in here. Yeah. I would have mm-hmm. liked to talk about, but again, there are no rules, so who am I to say anything? Um. But no, I liked it. Overall, I did like it. I, I want to read her earlier stuff, for sure. Yeah, exactly. I think this gets me more interested in her as a poet. Uh, yeah, so b- between us hitting our time and also I just didn't want to end on a negative note. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about the ones we <laughs> didn't like. But yeah, there, there was a couple that were kind of like, hmm. There wasn't any that I hated. I was just kind of like, well, exactly. that was, you know, oh, that was, you you, you wrote a poem. Okay. Um, and i read it (laughs) yeah um but i do have to say i think i like this collection of poetry more now after our discussion and i find that that's poetry all the time exactly right (laughs) i was gonna say that's how i usually feel about poetry so it's just making me think that maybe i need to start myself a poetry book club so i'll read more (gasps) poetry and understand it did you really just say that to tara Can we, can I be in that? Can we, can you just Google chat me into that? We'll talk after the, after recording. Oh, I'm so excited. So all you eclectic readers out there, make your own little poetry clubs and and see if you can get into poetry because it is, it's, it's such a communal thing. You got to read them out loud. You got to discuss them. And that's, that's really the way to get into poems, I think. Um, But next month we are still doing something a little different. We are reading a play. We are reading The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde, which is also kind of a full circle because that was the first book that our, the tiny little book club that has now become Eclectic Readers read 10 years ago. It's true. Uh, It was three of us discussing Earnest over, I believe it was like tea in the afternoons. It was very proper. (laughs) So proper. (laughs) So it proper. was a delight, and I'm excited to revisit it with everybody now. It's been like 10 years since I've read that, so I'm I'm excited I, I, to revisit. Yeah, I reread it uh, recently because I reread it in the past few years because they were uh, playing it at um, the Shakespeare Theater in D.C. That was so a I really good it. production. Yeah. It was a great production, yeah. And so I I like if I have access to the play I like to kind of revisit it before I see it and so but it's been a few years and I always enjoy it always (laughs) so this is gonna be fun but to wrap up here if you'd like to know more about any of the poetry uh, we've mentioned today any of the books we've discussed you can find all that information in our show notes at eclecticreaders.fireside.fm slash 66. You can also find more information on the Eclectic Readathon at our website. And you can find us 
all over the internet. We are on Goodreads and Litzy. Um, and Litzy, we're at Eclectic Readers. And on Twitter, we are at Eclectic Read Pod. And you can also come and discuss poetry with us individually. Tara, where can people find you? People can find me on Goodreads, Twitter, and Let's See. Although, honest to God, I don't do anything on Let's See. Um, under the <laughs> same name, my name, which is Tara, T-A-R-A, Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N. Come talk to me about poetry, guys. I'm ready for you. <laughs> and what about you, Meredith? You can find me on Instagram, Let's See, Twitter, and Goodreads, all under Mare the Book Gal. M-E-R-E-T-H-E-B-O-O-K-G-A-L. And you can find me on Goodreads and Let's See at J-M-T-R-I-V-E-R-A. That's J-M-T Rivera. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. Please don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out because that means that everybody out there who is looking for people to discuss poetry with can come and find us. And I think that wraps this up, guys. So let's shelve this until next month. Excellent. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.